What's happening? A good Monday morning to all of you. Thanks for joining me. As always, it is much appreciated. Live from Tampa, the Patriots coaching staff is starting to take shape. Let's start with a defensive coordinator and the news that we got over the weekend. That news was that the Patriots, Gerard Mayo, are going to promote Demarcus Covington and make him the next defensive coordinator of the Patriots. And I love this hire. I love the promotion for multiple reasons. Covington has been the number one guy on my list as soon as we found out that Mayo would be the next head coach. It made a lot of sense. And let's first start off with the fact that he's qualified because a lot of people are going to ask the question, what has he done? He hasn't been a defensive coordinator in the NFL, et cetera, et cetera. Let's start with the qualifications. Okay, let's look at his resume. He was a defensive grad assistant at UAB and Ole Miss for a couple of years. Then he was the defensive line coach at the University of Tennessee Martin in 2015. He went to Eastern Illinois in 2016 as the co-defensive coordinator and defensive line coach. He then joined the Patriots in 2017 as a coaching assistant, outside linebackers coach in 2019, and then he was the defensive line coach from 2020 to this past season. Mark Daniels of Mass Live posted this when talking about uh, Demarcus Covington being that next guy and why he's qualified. He had multiple interviews last hiring cycle for DC jobs. He had an interview with the Cardinals. He had an interview with the Chargers. So that tells you that NFL teams, they're looking at Covington as a guy who deserves interviews to get in that room, to have those conversations, to be their defensive coordinator. Number two, he's been on the NFL Network's list of assistants who others in the league see as a future head coach. So NFL.com, Tom Pelissero and company, they get together. They talk to people around the NFL. They ask, hey, who do you think is that next guy who could be a head coach? Who do you think that next guy is who could be a DC or an OC? They get those names and they list them at the end of the year. Covington has been on that list. He was also part of the NFL's head coach accelerator program, which is another aspect of future head coaches and how they lay their own path getting to that job. So Covington was part of that as well. Andrew Callahan on Covington's performance at last year's Senior Bowl. Covington was awarded one defensive coordinator position, and it's accompanying to-do list. Now, this is what he had to do at the Senior Bowl. He had to gather a staff of assistants. He had to construct the playbook, streamline all the language involved with those plays. their associated drills and techniques so the coaches could communicate with each other and the prospects. Once the Senior Bowl opened in early February, dozens of general managers and coaches watched Covington work during three practices and the exhibition. Suddenly, this all-star showcase for prospects became as much of a test for its coaches as its players. Covington aced his test. So he's got experience at different positions coaching in the NFL. He had experience as a co-defensive coordinator at college. He's had multiple interviews to be a DC across the league. He was on the NFL Network's list as who could be that next guy as a head coach. And then you look at what he did at the Senior Bowl when he led the program. And everything tells you that he has passed every test that's been put in front of him. Here was Bill Belichick on Covington in 2022. Quote, DeMarcus does a really good job. He's coached linebackers, coached defensive line, really understands the entire defense. I'm sure he could coach a lot of positions on defense. Young guy that's really smart, works hard, has worked with, again, a lot of different types of players, even on our defensive line. 
that difference between our interior guys and our outside guys is quite different. So Belichick said in 2022, look, Covington's worked with linebackers. He's worked with the defensive line. He's worked with guys on the line, outside the line. And with the Patriots defense and how they run that scheme, it's a lot of different things that you have to learn and coach and, and really teach those techniques. And Covington, according to Belichick, did a really good job of adapting to each position and how to handle those positions and communicate what needs to be done and teach what needs to be done. Belichick said, quote, pass rush, pass coverage, interior run play, so forth. It's a lot of different techniques to coach. He's very well versed in the fundamentals and schemes. That was Belichick on Demarcus Covington in 2022. How do the players feel about Covington? Well, I'm glad I asked, or you asked. We all asked. Here was Carl Davis to Nesson's Dakota Randall. Quote, the attention to detail that he has, and this is before the news over the weekend. The attention to detail that he has, I think he could be a great defensive coordinator. The way he sees the game, he's been around the game a long time. I just keep saying the words details, 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 because that's so important. Devon Gachow said, head coach, he's so detailed, great head coach one day. Mark Daniels wrote a piece in 2022 at Mass Live about Covington and the possibility of him becoming a head coach one day. Christian Barmore said, quote, the man's got the wisdom. He has the mentality, and he knows a lot. He's really a smart coach. I think he does have a chance to be a head coach one day. Dietrich Wise said, quote, if that's something he really wants to do, I can definitely see him doing that. He's the type of guy that can command a room. He's also the type of guy that can also bring people to the side and help them. He's phenomenal. So the NFL respects Covington. Bill Belichick respected Covington, which means a lot when you talk defense. And the players believe and respect Covington and believe he can be a guy that can lead the room to go along with his talents as far as teaching technique, understanding scheme, and communicating that scheme to everybody across the board. So he's a qualified guy. Before I go on, don't forget to give us that like. Thumbs up means an awful lot to us. More thumbs on YouTube especially. They beat that algorithm. Every single like means the world. It means that we continue to grow this community over 1.6 thousand subscribers to this show now and it's all because of you trying to get to 1750 by valentine's day so don't forget to like comment subscribe if you're uh, listening on spotify apple pods rate and review and before we move forward i want to jump to a super chat my guy charlie jumps in thank you charlie uh, a great super chat again that's how you can jump the line everybody commenting i can't get to all of those comments in a 30 minute pod but you can jump the line by sending a super chat and you also contribute to the program Morning, everyone. Enjoy the week. So Charlie's just saying hello to everybody. Appreciate you, Charlie, as always, man. And uh, can't, can't say enough about those Super Chats coming in. Okay, another reason why I like Covington. Beyond that, he's just qualified to take this next step. Player development. Look at the guys he has developed on that defensive line. He has done a tremendous job. Christian Barmore is now an all-pro talent. So Barmore has made the leap. When you look at Dietrich Wise, Wise got better under Covington's watch. Jelani Tavai has gotten better on the edge under Covington's watch. How about Keon White this last season, his steady development throughout that rookie year? You can look at somebody like Mac Wilson and the ability for the Patriots to adapt their style, to say to Mac Wilson, this is what you can do, and this is how we can use you, which has been different anywhere else you've ever been. 
and to morph Mac Wilson into a quality NFL player. All of that was under Covington's watch. The defensive line was the best part of the defense this year statistically. They were absolutely fantastic. And you have to give the credit to the coach when we talk about that. Let's not forget that Covington coached linebackers before he got to the defensive line. And when he was coaching linebackers, the linebackers showed that they were getting better. Here was Daniels on Covington's work with linebackers. He was promoted to outside linebackers coach in 2019. He's been coaching defensive tackles since 2020. Those positions have also excelled under Covington's leadership. In 2019, Jamie Collins had nine and a half sacks. Kyle Van Noy had six and a half sacks. Those were career high numbers up to that point for both of those players. So there's a theme line here. There's a thread. When players play under Demarcus Covington, they've shown growth. They've shown improvement. They've shown development. And so that should give you a lot of confidence that this guy understands how to get through to players and get the most out of his players. All right, let's jump to a couple of comments here. Uh, we will get to the OC stuff. Pat Almeida, uh, hit like on the stream. Appreciate you, Pat. As always, my man, you showing up very consistently. Uh, Benny's Benz, the players like him. The defense was great. Now get to a real OC with a modern offensive philosophy. We will get to the offensive coordinator stuff. There was more news this morning as far as who Gerard Mayo could be looking at. And, of course, Stanley comes in and says, Zach Robinson was never coming here. We talked about this on the last pod. I think it was the last pod. I mean, I've been down in Tampa. Things have been crazy. Hotel rooms. My wife's aunt staying here for the uh, next day or two before we fly out tomorrow. But, yeah, Zach Robinson, we talked about it. As soon as Raheem Morris got the Atlanta job, for all intents and purposes, Zach Robinson was donezo as a candidate anywhere else. He was going to Atlanta. Has the relationship with Raheem Morris. They've coached together. Atlanta has really good skill players. They're a quarterback away from likely being a 10-win team in that division. So Zach Robinson, it made all the sense in the world for him to go to Atlanta. Even if the Patriots backed up the Brinks truck for Robinson, I don't think he was going to come here. He's got the freedom to call plays down in Atlanta. He's got better talent down in Atlanta, and he's working with a head coach that he trusts and has a relationship with. So I think that was pretty much done as soon as Morris got that job. Let's get back to Covington. Results on the field. The Patriots allowed only 3.3 yards per rush this season. That is a fantastic number. Christian Barmore, we thought he was just going to be a pass-rushing big guy in the middle of that defensive line. Barmore got better against the run this season. Again, we see the steady improvement, the steady growth from players underneath Covington, and Barmore is the greatest example, I believe, of that taking the leap this year. He has a player connection, the ability to connect to guys. And that is, as we've seen all of these coaches who have been hired over the past few years, all of these coaches talk about connecting with the players. If you don't think that matters in 2024, then I don't think you've been paying enough attention. That matters. That is extremely significant. The ability to connect to guys, to communicate with them, for them to believe in you, for them to understand what you're putting down as they pick it up, that connection is vital. And moving on from Belichick and getting into this new phase, this new transition, this new era with Gerard Mayo, player connectivity is going to be talked about an awful lot, so get ready for that. Covington's only 34 years old, and this is something that we're seeing with Mayo and his staff. Mayo has been targeting young 
coaches, young prospective studs, guys that can develop along with him, that can really breed success and then move on as they also develop the coaching staff underneath them. I think that youthful exuberance, again, the ability to communicate at a different level, it's not that Belichick didn't communicate with most of his players well. It's the fact that Belichick is 71. And as hard as you try to connect with with people that are in their 20s, when you're 71, it's much more difficult to do that. No matter how many books you read, no matter how many movies you watch or songs you listen to, it is inherently more difficult to connect with the young generation as you get older. So Mayo is targeting a bunch of guys in their 30s. And Covington, being 34, continues that list. Speaking of Mayo, the relationship. We've talked about this, everybody, right? As you click that like button, that thumbs up on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter slash X, as you comment, as you subscribe, we've talked about this on prior podcasts. Relationships. I just mentioned it with Raheem Morris and Zach Robinson. Relationships matter. When you are put in a position of power, especially for the first time like Mayo is as a first-time head coach, he's going to lean on guys that he has trust with, that he knows. So that relationship between Mayo and Covington, it matters an awful lot. It really does. Here was Burned Muckmaster of Pat's Pulpit writing about Covington. The 34-year-old, after all, has coached alongside Mayo ever since the latter returned to the organization in 2019. Back then, Covington was responsible for outside linebackers with Mayo working with the inside linebackers. So when Mayo was brought onto the staff, Covington was working with outside linebackers. Mayo was working with inside linebackers. So they were tied at the hip every single day, coaching the linebacker position. The two operated closely together, something that did not change even after their responsibilities started to shift a bit after 2020. Here was what Covington said to Mark Daniels in 2022 in that piece at Mass Live when he was discussing possibly being a head coach one day. And when you hear this from Covington, tell me it doesn't sound just like Gerard Mayo. Here's what Covington said. For me personally, I always talk about capturing the hearts and minds of the players, and then they'll be able to play for you. That is incredibly similar to Mayo's philosophy on how to reach players and then how to communicate with them and then how to coach them. It sounds just like Mayo. Covington continued. Through that, you build a relationship with them and then give them knowledge in the game that can help them take them to the next level, and then you'll gain that respect from players. Remember, during the introductory press conference, Mayo talked about connecting with the players, understanding the players, and it's not always just X's and O's. You have to have that relationship with guys so they trust you, so you can get after them and they don't take it personally, or you can build them up. So Mayo and Covington... The things that they've said to the media as far as how they look at coaching and how to best reach people, very, very similar tactics, very, very similar philosophy, right? So it makes sense, that Mayo relationship, the trust, the communication, the philosophically being aligned, and the continuity. We've talked about continuity. The one thing I wanted with Mayo becoming the head coach was continuity with this defense. I've had no issue with the defense over the past several years. The defense has continued to get better. Defense was top 10 in DVOA this year without Christian Gonzalez and Matthew Judon for most of the season. 
I have absolutely zero issue with Covington being the guy, getting that promotion, and working hand-in-hand with Mayo on this defense and, and continuing the success with the players that they have on this roster. You have one solid, steady foundation with this football team right now. There's a lot of questions with the offense. Again, we'll get to the OC search in a minute. Lots of questions with this offense. Lots of questions with special teams. Defensively, that's where you start with this football team entering into this crucial offseason. And whatever you can do to keep that momentum, to sustain that growth defensively, is what you should do. So promoting DeMarcus Covington makes all the sense in the world, keeping that continuity on that side of the football. Of course, there's still questions. What does this mean for Steve Belichick? What is his future? I should mention, Steve Belichick, as we know, very close to Gerard Mayo. Steve Belichick, also close to Covington. He spoke with the media at some point this year, Steve Belichick did, and he had mentioned that Covington was a close friend you know, on the field coaching-wise, but also off the field. So what you see is this, this structure within the defensive side of the ball where everybody was really pushing towards the same goal and the communication was good. And the guys kind of fed off each other. Steve Belichick, Demarcus Covington, Gerard Mayo was kind of that triumvirate under Belichick. And those three guys, steady communication, friendships, relationships, ability to coach those guys up, I think that's what Mayo sees. Mayo looks at that and says, I don't want to screw anything up on that side of the ball. We've got enough going on on offense and special teams. So I want to stick with this crew because this crew is a crew that I trust and we actually got production from these guys working together. Where does this leave Brian Belichick? We'll have to wait and see. And of course, you know, Covington has not called plays in the NFL, so that's going to be some of a learning curve. But I would trust that they figure it out. Again, very smart guy, very qualified. I love the move. Don't forget to like. Give us that thumbs up. Every thumbs up matters. Not trying to pander, but frankly, I've got to ask you to give us that thumbs up because you just don't voluntarily do it all the time, and that's the way we build this community. So every single like means the world. So like on YouTube, like on Facebook, like on Twitter slash X. Continue to comment, and don't forget to subscribe. Trying to get to 1,750 subscriptions by Valentine's Day. So we've got a couple of weeks to hit that mark. If you want to jump the line with your comment, send a super chat. That's how you do it. Lakeman1 says, great pod. Thank you. I appreciate that. Always love the kind words. James says, so this means all the Belichicks are going. Not necessarily. Again, you know, Brian Belichick, Steve Belichick, Covington, Mayo, those guys are reportedly close. Steve Belichick and Gerard are very close. Very, very close. And Demarcus Covington, as I just mentioned, close with Steve as well. So I don't think this necessarily means that Steve Belichick is gone or Brian Belichick is gone. I could see Brian Belichick being elevated maybe to defensive backs coach. He's been coaching safeties. And don't forget what Mike Reese wrote, which I think is very important. Mike Reese wrote over the last week or so that Gerard Mayo kind of sees Steve Belichick as that senior advisor slash assistant head coach. And why would Steve Belichick not be the DC? Well, reportedly, Steve is not the greatest in front of the room as far as leading men, right? He doesn't really have that gregarious personality. He doesn't bring it out of players. You know, DeMarcus Covington is a former college football player. We all know what Mayo did at the NFL level. So the Mayo-Covington communication to the players, that's why I think Covington gets this gig over Steve Belichick 
it's the ability of Covington to reach those guys in the room at a higher level than Steve does. Steve is very good with X's and O's, and Steve called the plays on Sundays, but it was always Mayo who kind of led those meetings during the week and got the guys prepared and kind of fed into those guys so they would be motivated and, and say the right thing. So that's where it is. It's the, it's the whole leader of men stuff that you hear. According to reports, Steve is a little lackluster in that department. So I don't think this means that uh, Steve Belichick is out of the loop just yet, especially with Bill looking like he's not going to get a gig this offseason. All right, let's get to the offensive coordinator. Know a lot of people want to hear about this. I want to talk about this. Uh, we found out that Clint Kubiak was actually interviewed for the OC job. That came out this morning, according to Burt Breer. Scott Turner was also interviewed for the offensive coordinator position. Gerard Mayo has interviewed 11, 11 guys to possibly be that next offensive coordinator. I'm not going to run through all 11 names. I'm short on time, but 11 names. Gerard Mayo is casting a wide net, a wide net. He's talking to as many people as he can, and he's talking with people outside of the New England organization. He's talking to people outside of that New England scheme, the Earhart Perkins offense. He's talking to guys that have run different offenses, and I love that approach. I, I absolutely love the idea of casting that wide net, having those conversations, Learning, because don't forget, I mean, Mayo doesn't know a lot about offense. These conversations with these 11 prospective OCs, I'm sure, opened up the eyes of Mayo and got him thinking differently. And that's crucial. So I love the fact that he's talked to 11 guys. I don't care if he talks to 25 guys. Talk to as many as you can. We talked about that with the head coaching search, right? The fact that Robert Kraft didn't talk to anybody else. It's not that I didn't like Mayo. I didn't like the process. Same thing could be said for the GM. We haven't heard anything about the GM. Well, Mayo has approached offensive coordinator much, much differently. And I like that. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. And he understands that. So he's reaching out to a bunch of names trying to learn. And I think that says a lot about Gerard. All right, here's the latest on offensive coordinator. Burt Breer posted this on Twitter slash X. Rams assistants Nick Cayley and Jeremy Springer are traveling from L.A. to New England today. This was yesterday for second interviews for the Patriots OC and special teams coordinator jobs. The two have dinner with the team brass tonight and their interviews are tomorrow, which is today. So Nick Cayley from LA spent the last year with Sean McVay. We've talked about him, spent a lot of years here in new England before going out to LA and Jeremy Springer, who was also out in LA under Sean McVay Springer's a special teams guy, Cayley, an offensive guy. So both of them flew in yesterday. They had dinner with the team brass. I don't know if that means owners. I don't know if that means front office. I don't know if it means all of the above. But those two guys flew in. They have their interviews today. Mike Reese wrote this at ESPN. Kaylee, uh, he is viewed by some, by some close to the process, as well positioned to ultimately lead the offense. So it looks like right now, off of reports, that Nick Kaylee is the leader in the clubhouse to be the next offensive coordinator. Zach Robinson again to Atlanta. Kellen Moore was another name we brought up. He's going to Philly to be the OC. Here are the pros for Nick Cayley. I'll give you the pros and the cons as I like to do. The pros. He's been on the staff with Mayo before, right? Again, we go back to relationships, the trust factor, the communication factor. Cayley coached with Mayo from 2019 
through 2022. So he spent four seasons with Mayo on the coaching staff. So there's at least a level of familiarity between Kaylee and Mayo. Secondly, Kaylee was a tight ends coach, and he's been a tight ends coach. Now, tight ends coaches, they tend to be great when it comes to prospective OCs. It's, it's seen as that next step because when you're coaching tight ends, you know both the run and the pass, right? Because when you're coaching tight ends, you have to know the run schemes. You've got to know the blocking schemes. So you have a really good hold on running plays. You obviously also have a really good hold on the passing plays because you're coaching tight ends. So usually tight end coaches have some of the most versatility on an offensive staff because they have to know both of those things, both phases of offense, passing and running the football. Also, when Kaylee was here in New England under Josh McDaniels, he was somebody who worked with the red zone offense. So he would design some of the red zone offensive plays. He would help McDaniels put the playbook together. He would help McDaniels put the game plan together. So he is somebody who is versatile and has worked at different levels, which I think is a pro. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Help out the program on this Monday live from Tampa. Here's another pro. Kaylee had the spine to walk away from Bill Belichick. And I love that. You see, a lot of people thought Kaylee was going to be the offensive coordinator in 2022. Belichick ran the okie doke. He ended up, as we know, putting Patricia and Judge in that position. Kaylee was upset. You know, Kaylee wanted to be named offensive coordinator and, and given that power to run the offense the way that he saw fit. Belichick was unwilling to give Nick Kaylee that title and to give him that kind of say. So instead of Nick Kaylee acting like an underling, Instead of Kaylee saying, I acquiesce to the great Bill Belichick, instead of him crawling into a corner in the fetal position, Kaylee decided to leave the only place he had coached in the NFL. He decided to leave New England and go 3,000 miles across the country to learn under Sean McVay. And I think that says a lot about Nick Kaylee, that he was not afraid to leave Belichick. He decided to leave him. He went to the other side of the country and he went to the right coach in Sean McVay, who is seen as the ultimate coaching tree right now when it comes to offense. That speaks volumes to Kaylee's medal. It speaks volumes to his ability to act as his own man and to say, hey, look, I'm not going to sit here and take the protection of Bill Belichick and just be happy, you know, being a tight ends coach and doing this job for the next 10 years. If I'm not going to move upward here, if I'm not going to get that responsibility, Bill, then I'm leaving. I'm going. And so I give a lot of credit to Nick Cayley because that's not easy. We see in the NFL, guys stay on the same staff for 15, 20 years, and they're just happy to be happy. They're happy. They, they put their feet up. They're good. Nick Cayley, not so much. He decided to make the leap. He believed in himself, and he believed in the, in the progress and the growth that he could have by going to Sean McVay. He made that move. And of course, being his own man, Going to McVay opened the door for him to work under McVay. It was only a year. It's not like he was under McVay for eight, 10 years. But that year of experience under Sean McVay, that could mean an awful lot because Kaylee learned at least the beginnings of that offense. He understands how McVay looks at the game, he understands why the Rams run what they run, he understands 
how McVay switched to a lot of that wide zone run game when they were facing the Patriots in the Super Bowl years ago to going more downhill with duo blocks and, and McVay's ability to adapt. McVay adapted. He didn't just take the Shanahan offense and keep running the Shanahan offense. He has tweaked the Shanahan offense. He has looked at opposing defenses and figured out how defenses were attacking that offense, and he has changed. Shanahan has stayed much the same. And look, they're both highly effective, obviously. But he learned under McVay, even for a year, I think that year does mean something, getting out of New England. Here are some cons. He's never called plays. Obvious con. I would say, though, not many guys have. There's always going to be a first-time offensive coordinator, right? Sean McVay called plays for the very first time at some point. Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan, all of these guys. Zach Robinson has never called a play in the NFL. He's going to Atlanta. He's going to get that experience. He might be great at it. He might be terrible at it. I think he'll be very good. We'll see. So Nick Cayley has never called plays. He's not an experienced offensive coordinator, right? Not the experienced OC. Again, he spent the vast majority of his time in New England, so I would imagine that he's most comfortable with New England's scheme. Doesn't mean he can't evolve it. And if you're Gerard Mayo, that might be the magic elixir. Mayo might look at this. Remember, Mayo in his introductory press conference said that he still wanted to be a game plan team and that he wanted to kind of be able to morph and change and do things differently if the offense had to. So Mayo might be looking at this and saying to himself, Kaylee has the experience with the Earhart-Perkins offense with McDaniels, and now he's got the McVay system and some knowledge in that, so could Kaylee be the perfect connection? If you look at this glass half full, you could say Kaylee has the ability to bring the old offense and blend it with McVay's offense and really be able to adjust on the fly against what defenses are trying to do against you. Now, that puts a lot on the plate of a quarterback, puts a lot on the plate of that offensive line and all the skill position players, but I could see Mayo formulating this in his head. All right, we got, we got the offensive system. We've got guys that are here that are kind of used to it, and, and I like parts of the McDaniels, Earhart, Perkins, Bill O'Brien. I, I like pieces of the Charlie Weiss. I like pieces of that offense, but I think we need to evolve things a little bit. And Andrew Callahan wrote about that last week saying that this might look like some of the Patriots' offense, but tweaks and some changes. Now, is that possible? I'm not sure. You need different personnel for McVay's offense than you need with New England's offense. But maybe that's part of the process here, that you can look at both offenses, take the best from both, and see what you can create. But he has spent the vast majority of his time, Nick Cayley, in New England. We have to keep that in mind. And I would say there are a lot of firsts on this Patriots coaching staff. And there's risk with that. But you can look at, you know, Detroit and what they've done with Ben Johnson. And, you know, that seemed to work out. But in New England, you could be looking at a first-time head coach, a first-time defensive coordinator, and a first-time offensive coordinator, and a first-time special teams coordinator. That's a lot of firsts. A young staff. There could be a big-time learning curve in 2024. So I would say prepare yourself for that a big-time learning curve with all of these new coordinators and a brand-new head coach, everybody doing their job for the first time ever. Now, Covington was a co-defensive coordinator 
at the college level at Eastern Illinois in 2016. So he does have that under his belt. But at the NFL level, all of these guys, first-time play callers, a lot of pressure on that. And you wonder, will Gerard Mayo bring in any wise men? I went to the Royal Rumble on Saturday night. Paul Heyman, you wrestling fans know who I'm talking about, called the wise man by the bloodline. Does Mayo bring in any wise men? You know, does, does he bring anybody in to kind of be a senior advisor and overlook the process? And that's where you could make sense with Steve Belichick, right? Is Steve Belichick that senior advisor on the defensive side because he's called plays and he would help Covington and he and Covington have a great relationship. And really, if you cook this thing up, we could be looking at a situation where you not only have a defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, and I'm speculating, but I'm just rolling along here with your likes, comments, and subscriptions, trying to hit 1,750 subscribers by Valentine's Day. Help me out there. But if you look at this, maybe just maybe, you have Covington first-time defensive coordinator at the NFL calling plays, Steve Belichick above him as like, you know, the senior assistant to the head coach who can kind of help Covington during certain stretches. And maybe offensively, you have Nick Cayley as your offensive coordinator, first time at the NFL level calling plays. And above him, you have that senior assistant head coach on the offense, and that's Josh McDaniels. McDaniels has a relationship with Cayley. So you have Steve Belichick and Josh McDaniels as the assistants to the head coach on each side of the football. And then underneath those guys, you have the play callers who are getting seasoned on the job. Kaylee Covington. Interesting dynamic, if that's what Mayo's thinking. A completely different approach than Bill Belichick. Marilyn says, weird, the live didn't start for me. Well, hopefully it started for everybody else. I apologize. I don't know why that's the case. Daniel Evans, like to see where this defense is when they're healthy and Gonzo back. Maybe there's a free agent outside corner to target. Keep up the good work. Thank you. I appreciate you, Daniel. Nolan says Covington is a good move. I agree. I think Covington is a, is a very, very good move. A very, very good move. Mark asks a question. Do we get a compensatory pick for the hiring of Mayo? We do not. Uh, you get a compensatory pick for a minority candidate that's taken from your staff and goes to another team. That's when you get the compensatory formula to kick in. And the Niners have just mastered that. The Niners have, have received a slew of compensatory picks for minority coaches moving to other teams. A slew of them. And executives as well. You know, Rand Carthon goes to Carolina. Robert Sala goes to the Jets. D'Amico Ryans goes to Houston. That's when you get a compensatory pick. That's how that works. Kyle C., wonder what the reported interviews with Kubiak and Fleury mean for the length of the OC search process. Probably can't do an in-person interview until after the Super Bowl. You can do in-person interviews now. And Gerard Mayo has said this, that this week is the week that he's kind of honing in on to really pick things up. And that's been reported. So I would expect, again, Nick Cayley has an in-person interview today. If it's not going to be Kaylee, I would expect more in-person interviews this week. And I think this offensive coordinator search is really going to start getting stripped down and focused on a couple of guys if it's not Kaylee already. I think we should anticipate that. This, this week is a huge week for the offensive coordinator search. We'll be all over it. Want to make sure that you know this. Tonight, I'll be 
actually taping the podcast for tomorrow because I have to fly back home tomorrow out of Tampa. So we will be taping the podcast tonight. Again, don't crush me if anything happens breaking news-wise like past 10 p.m. tonight, early in the morning tomorrow. It is what it is. If something breaks and it's big, we will certainly do a follow-up podcast tomorrow when I get back home. But tonight we will be taping the podcast for tomorrow. So don't be sending me any super chats tomorrow. I will not be able to interact with you. I don't want you to spend that money and I can't respond to you. It'd be unfair to you, right? So tomorrow's podcast will be a taped edition. We'll run it live though, quote unquote, at 11 a.m., the usual time. Then Wednesday, here's a cool thing. Wednesday will be the 100th episode of the Nick Cattle Show podcast. So Wednesday will be the 100th episode we're going to go extra long. I'm going to go an hour on Wednesday. A lot of interaction with all of you. We're going to celebrate 100 episodes. That will happen on Wednesday. So a big, big week here for the Patriots. A big week for the Nick Cattle Show. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up. Like means the world to us. Don't forget to continue to comment. And don't forget to subscribe. Trying to hit 1,750 subscriptions by Valentine's Day. Every subscription counts. And if you're listening on Spotify and Apple Pods, again, rate and review. We'll be talking tomorrow, 11 a.m., unless something breaks today. You never know. It's the Nick Cattle Show on a Monday. Appreciate you joining me once again.